With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to Beyond the Math, the weekly, or I should say almost tri-weekly episodic podcast between the latest news, reviews, rumors, and all the buzz that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host this week, DM. I don't know where Alex is. Um, the reason why we have been tardy the last few weeks is the Royal Rumble happened, and that was a big pay-per-view, and we're going to be talking about that in a little bit here once we get through all the news, because a lot of stuff happened this week as it pertains to the news so the Royal Rumble happened, and we were unable to get together because people were coming over, and of course Alex had people on his side coming over, so we just couldn't get together. The week after, I got sick. I got horribly sick, and it took me a while to recover. In fact, it's still hanging on. It's still in my nose. It's still in my throat. I'm still coughing up a whole bunch of crap. I had antibiotics, and I was knocked out. I had no voice whatsoever. I was, I wasn't doing too good, and there was no way in hell I was gonna be able to do a podcast. I don't even talk. The week after was well, the other pay per view, the Elimination Chamber, which I went to, not necessarily under protest, but I was still in recovery. So those of you that saw the video that was posted, yes, um, you can hear my voice was cracking. My voice was nowhere near what it should have been. I just barely survived that. Uh, but the Elimination Chamber did happen. It was a SmackDown pay-per-view, and we're going to be talking about that. There's a lot that we're going to have to cover here in just a short amount of time. So hopefully you're able to bear with me. I am doing this solo because I believe Alex is out and about. And I sent a message out saying that we were definitely going to do a show this week. But, you know, things happen. Uh, right off the bat, uh, i like to send a shout-out to California. They are getting hammered absolutely hammered with rain 
and all sorts of stuff. I believe they're in a state of emergency over there. It is nuts. It is absolutely nuts. You know, they said they wanted to secede from the Union, and then God had other plans and decided to flood them out. That's, uh, you know, that's something. That's, that's nice. Ah. So with that in mind, why don't we get into, and it's going to be a big one, the news of the week. Three things happened this weekend. Happened on Friday, then Saturday. And we're just now getting to it. Three, well, let me rephrase that. Two wrestling legends passed away, and Nicole Bass. The first one being the legendary Russian bear, Ivan Koloff. He had passed away at the age of 74, and Koloff had been battling liver disease in recent years. Last week, his daughter said that she was close he was close to having liver failure. Koloff is best known for ending Bruno San Martino's nearly eight-year reign as the WWWF champion in 1971. And I believe he's the most recent one to pass away, and that was a bit of a surprise because we just lost two people. Prior to that, we're going to get to that in a second, uh, WWE legend George the Animal Steel had passed away at the age of 79. Steel was known as one of WWE's more celebrated stars who was tough as nails and ate ring posts. I also believe he was a Harvard professor um, in his later tenure and did some wrestling in the Indies very, 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 very late into his career. George the Animal Steel, I know a lot of people know of the name, but probably can't put a name to the face. He's, again, one of the other legends that I remember growing up with, Green Tongue and the ice cream bars and eating ring posts. He had a legendary uh, match with Randy Savage, I believe, at WrestleMania 2. I believe it was. At one point, one of the bigger, more well-known wrestling heels until he became a wrestling personality. I believe it was Junkyard Dark that slowly turned him. Uh, so he's gone. And the first one that we heard about, and this is going in descending order, was Nicole, Ga- Nicole Bass. ProWrestlingSheet.com reported that Bass was removed from life support officially and died today, and that was on Saturday, I believe. No, it was Friday, in a New York hospital around 8.40 p.m. It's being said that Bass's girlfriend wrote a Facebook post despite Bass still being technically alive because of the fact that Bass was reportedly brain dead. So Nicole Bass, I know a lot of people don't quite remember her. She wasn't necessarily prominent in the Attitude Era, but she was the white version of China, the white blonde blue-eyed version of China. Uh, I don't recollect her doing a whole lot in WWE, but I didn't know she was... Well, how can you tell? Just look at her. She's obviously a lesbian, and she passed away, brain damage, and that, that's never good. That's, that's never fun. So three people right in a row passed away in the course of two days. Absolutely friggin' insane. Finn Balor who have been recently out of action due to an injured shoulder, is now scheduled for house shows in Buffalo, New York, on March 10th at the Key Bank Center. He's also being advertised for events in Toronto, Ontario, Carrier, on March 11th, and White Plains, New York, on March 26th. In addition to those live events, he's also being advertised for the upcoming WWE European Tour in May. Which means, folks, he's going to be at Fastlane, and he's going to be at WrestleMania. Oh my God, thank God, I can finally watch Raw again. Page and Alberto Del Rio, aka El Patron, got engaged after Page proposed in the middle of the ring at WWC anniversary, Anniversario 43 in Puerto Rico. In an update to the wedding day, the Wrestling Observer reports 
that Alberto Del Rio and Paige's wedding is tentatively scheduled for May of this year. The Bonnie and Clyde of WWE are finally going to tie the knot. Paige, who's like in her 20s, and Del Rio, who's in his 40s. Not only is he robbing the cradle, he is smashing the cradle. Those two are getting hitched, and I don't see Paige ever coming back to WWE anytime soon. I really don't. Personally, and I'm going to go off track here just a little bit, I personally think the women's division needs help. It's not the talent that the problem is. I think it's the lack of talent. And not to say that the women in the ring are not talented. I think there's not enough competition. I think if you had one division with all 12 girls, it would be more fleshed out. On Raw, you only have six. And on SmackDown, you only have six. With the addition of Mickie James, that makes seven. And Emelina should make it seven. But she's not coming back. And then I believe Tamina came back. And she's going to be on SmackDown, so that makes SmackDown's women's roster 8 to Raw's 6. Uh, how many times can you have Charlotte defend against the same people? And yeah, I don't know. I, I love the women's matches. I do. I'm not discrediting them. I'm not saying that they suck. I'm saying that we've seen enough. We, we've seen enough of the women's division of the same people. I think in order for them to pull it off successfully... You need 8 to 10 girls, even possibly 12, on the roster to have an actual division. Because already on SmackDown, and and even on Raw, you have had three women's champions. That's half the roster. If you think about it, half of the roster, even if you put them together, half of the roster have been women's champion already, and that's since last year's WrestleMania. So in one calendar year, six women have held the women's championship. That's a little much, if you ask me. That's that's a little bit much. And some people are unhappy with the fact that Charlotte has held the title five times now, and they they theorize that they're just trying to hot shot her so she can get to Ric Flair's record. Well, I could have told you that the first time they did it, and we're going to get to that match on Raw in just a little bit. John Cena is expected to take time off after WrestleMania this year due to more outside WWE projects. Cena is not included in any of the advertising for SmackDown events the week after WrestleMania. It's also worth noting that he's not even on the Money in the Bank advertising either, which is the SmackDown only event of June 18th in St. Louis. John Cena is taking more time off, and they made him a world champion just to put Bray Wyatt over. Look, I'm happy that Bray Wyatt got the world title. Believe me, I was there. The video proves it. My problem? He takes six months off to win a title to drop it in two weeks just to take more time off? No, I don't... No. I, I, I don't, I'm not cool with that. I'm, I'm really not... I'm not okay with that. That, to me, is just bullshit. That's just making the record just to make the record. It seemed like a throwaway. I'm not a big fan of that crap, and when we get to Elimination Chamber, you'll hear my real thoughts on on Cena. I'm not, I'm not part of, not going to be part of Camp Cena for a while. Mick Foley recently appeared on Lillian Garcia's podcast during an interview. Foley brought up an incident where Vince McMahon yelled at Braun Strowman. I was about to go there a couple weeks ago, and I heard Braun Strowman say, I want a title shot. This were bands behind the curtain at the board watching the monitor. And he said, go and... And he said, Foley, did you actually write this? I'm going to read this again. I was about to go there a couple weeks ago, and I heard Braun Strowman say, I want a title shot. Mr. McMahon's behind the curtain at the board watching the monitor. And he goes, oh God, it's, it's not a title shot. I was thinking to myself, then what is it? That's exactly what I would call it. 
And that's why I would go out there. You want a title shot? He's like, it's a title match. It's a match. So if you ever wonder what it's like to see a six foot, 300-pound behemoth getting chewed out, you should have been there. So I guess Vince McMahon yelled at Braun Strowman because he wanted a title shot, and he didn't get it. He got a title match, just not a title shot. Okay. Vince, chill out. Smoke some weed or something. Just fucking chill out. Just fucking chill. As seen on Sunday's WWE Elimination Chamber event, Naomi defeated Alexa Bliss to capture the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. It's being said that the reason that WWE had Naomi win the championship is so that she can go to WrestleMania as the champion because she's from Orlando and that's where the event's being held. In regards to Naomi's match at WrestleMania, we heard a few weeks back that the SmackDown Women's title wasn't even going to be defended on the card. The original plan was that time would see the SmackDown Women's match be a multi-persons match, presumably a tag match. However, those plans could have changed between now and then. So basically, if this is true, they didn't give it to Naomi because she's got talent in the ring. It's because they want her to represent Orlando, which is where it's being held. And she's not even going to defend the fucking thing. So what was the point of the match then? No, seriously, what was the point of having a title change and go to Orlando with the hometown girl that's champion if you're not even going to utilize her. That doesn't make any sense. And if that's true, then WWE is dumber than they look. In addition, former WWE diva Victoria being another name rumored to be an appearance at WrestleMania. As previously reported, WWE has reached out to several past female stars to being part for WrestleMania that weekend. Victoria back in WWE? I could see it. She would definitely be going as Victoria and definitely not Tara. Uh, her push into her run in TNA, I should say, was... It was alright. You know, I think they did okay with her, but I don't think she ever got a fair deal in WWE. I know when she first started out, she was, you know, to the moon and back... But once she lost the women's title the second time, it just kind of went nowhere, and I think they kind of gave her a bad, you know, rub. She, I thought at one point she was one of the better women on the roster, and then they kind of made her a goof, and I wasn't too proud of that, or wasn't a half fan of that, and they did the same thing with Beth Phoenix, too, so, you know, not my cup of tea. But if she comes back to WrestleMania, could be fun. Has seen on Tuesday's episode of SmackDown Live, Bray Wyatt pinned John Cena to retain the WWE title for a second time in a row. Sean Waltman, who was backstage at SmackDown this past week in Anaheim, California, revealed on his recent podcast episode that it was actually Cena's idea to put Wyatt over at Tuesday's event. I'm not sure what the finish was supposed to be for the match, but I know for a fact that John Cena insisted on putting Bray over again last night. Insisted on it. That's just a, that's not just a rumor. We'll see, X-Pac. We'll, we'll absolutely see, because my thing is this. If he was going to lose the title at the Elimination Chamber anyway, then why not just lose to AJ Styles and then have the Elimination Chamber match and then just have Bray Wyatt win? You know what I mean? You, all you could have did was you could have had Cena lose to AJ Styles at Royal Rumble, somehow gets a match in Elimination Chamber, have John Cena beat AJ in the middle of the ring, and then, oh, the champions beat, then have Bray Wyatt beat Cena. Nothing would have changed. You know, you know, Bray would have still been the champion, and, you know, you know what I mean? Doesn't that sound like it would have been a little bit better? 
I mean, Bray Wyatt did, let's face it, beat both of them in the Elimination Chamber match, but it almost seemed kind of petty to let John Cena, who had been gone for well, quite a while, to tie Ric Flair's record just to drop the belt. Whatever. Kayfabe is dead. And John Cena, as we mentioned before, is expected to take more time away from WWE. It's said that after Mania, he'll be taking time off to film the upcoming film, The Pact, which is scheduled to release next year on April 20th, 420. As previously reported, though, the plan right now is for Cena to team with Nikki Bella to face The Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania. Because that's a match that needs to happen? Okay. Uh, Right before the show ends, I'm going to give my quick... WrestleMania plans, or what I think they're going to do, it's just a thought. I might be wrong. Um, but seeing the direction that they might be going, we'll give my quick thoughts. So right now, there's a lot of shows that we got to cover in just a short amount of time, so again, forgive me on this, but why don't we get into, just draw your minds back to three weeks ago, why don't we get into NXT San Antonio. Now, again, this was a few weeks ago, so try to put your minds back into the NXT San Antonio set. The opener was Ty Dillinger versus Eric Young. This was a nice opener. I'm still behind Ty all of the way. I still feel he should be a heel considering the gimmick, but whatever, it still works. Sanity completely reminds me of WWE's version of the Bullet Club meeting Demolition. Speaking of Demolition, has anyone seen The Ascension recently? Oh, my God. Talk about a facelift. Uh... I liked it considering that we also have the Authors of Pain coming up later on in the match, which is also a rehash of a rehash of a rehash. Either way, it was a good opener. Ty still couldn't get a win, but this one goes to Eric Young. Weird to see Eric Young. You know, it's still weird to see TNA talent in WWE, and I'm talking the bread and butter of TNA talent in WWE. That's still just bizarre to me. And then we're seeing New Japan and Ring of Honor, and I'm still waiting to wake up. A really good opener. Ty impresses me every time I see him. He needs a main roster call-up, probably after Mania. That's... It's it's, a hint, it's hinted. Cien versus Roderick Strong. Great performance by Strong. Welcome to NXT. Cien just... He, he isn't over. Now, I know he's La Sombra, and I know that he's really good in the ring, but for some reason, he has no presence. It also... I, I don't know. Making him a heel, it helps... Because you legitimately want to boo him, you legitimately don't want to watch him, but I'm not sure if it's enough to keep the crowd interested. While Cien got his head blasted off by Strong, again, welcome to NXT. Uh, I believe it was Roderick Strong that got the win here. Cien, look, I know you're La Sombra, and I know you're supposed to be bringing back a legendary stable into WWE. I don't know what it is, but there's no presence there. There's, there's nothing there. And he's he's very talented in the ring. I just I don't think it's translating well enough to the WWE audience because the crowd is dead when he comes out. There's no booing or cheering or anything. There's just there's nothing. And I don't know if I don't know what it is. Uh, the crowd wasn't, to my opinion, they weren't too into the match. So I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the two dance partners or if it was the styles. I thought the match was okay. Could have been better, but again, to me, there's no presence to Cien. The Authors of Pain go up against DIY for the NXT Tag Team titles, and DIY proved to me 
that you have to have a great dance partner, you can make anyone look good. With that being said, though, I'm still not high on the Authors of Pain. Now, I know they have Paul Ellering, but I think that's the only thing they have going for them. They're a rehash of a rehash of a rehash, and you can't recreate the magic of the Legion of Doom. And Paul, I love you. I do. I really do. This team is just not doing it for me. However, with that being said, though, with that being said, the match was awesome. I mean, it was an awesome tag team match. I know the last match they had at the last NXT pay-per-view was against... Uh, I can't remember the two guys, but they won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament. I had to think about it. It wasn't the titles. It was the, the tournament. They were the ones who got the win, and it wasn't even all that impressive of a match. But this match right here was absolutely good. I loved every second of it. Three times. Three times, folks. They almost had the match won. But DIY, despite doing everything they could and throwing everything but the kitchen sink at them, lost the Tag Team Championships, only holding it for one pay-per-view. That's They gave them the same push as they did American Alpha, which makes me wonder if they're going up to the main roster, but that's awfully quick, seeing as how I don't think there's anyone that can go up against the Authors of Pain because the Revival need to be on WWE TV now. I mean, now. They're my favorite tag team to date, to be honest. The, the Revival are my favorites, and then there's DIY. And then there's probably American Alpha. But those are even my top three at the moment. And then, of course, the the club. They're probably number four on that whole list. But either way, uh, a short-lived title reign for DIY, but the match was good from bell to bell. Kudos to DIY for putting AOP over. Seth Rollins takes over NXT. Triple H calls security and boots him out. There's going to be more on that off the Royal Rumble when we talk about that, because after the Rumble, holy shit, karma is a bitch. NXT Fatal 4-Way Women's Match. Now, everyone knows I'm a huge fan of women's wrestling, and NXT definitely has it. However, my problem. NXT, we have Asuka versus Nikki Cross, who pulls off the psycho gimmick rather well. Billy Kay, whom I like, but I'm not supposed to. And Peyton Royce, who I'm not sure of yet. We got two storylines going on at once, and it's the action was good enough, but I have a problem with the match, as I said earlier. There are actually two. I think it's more of a kayfabe issue, more so pertaining to the match. During the bout, Nikki was taken out by a sick, and I do mean a sick, table spot on the outside, leaving Peyton and Billy to beat up Asuka. Even though they are a team, it doesn't matter who wins. So why not just pin the other and not kick out? They even said, we don't care who wins the title just so long as we win, so why not just pin the other? One, two, three, now you share the title belt, kind of like Lay Cool did on SmackDown. But again... Logic. Uh, I found it a little bit annoying that the match was also done rather quick. You barely had much of a chance to really get into the match. You were getting into the match, but I don't think there was enough... I don't want to say there wasn't enough action, but I don't think there was enough action. I barely remember Asuka in the match. I think it was more so Nikki Cross's breakout party, because she was pulling... She was coming for her sanity... And the entrance, though. Wow. Um, but once she was taken out, it just became Asuka versus two girls, and they didn't have a fucking prayer. Asuka retains, and I don't have a problem with it, but again, I feel that the women's match should have had a little bit more time dedicated to it, because to me, it felt like it went quick. It felt like a ten-minute match, and with four women, you figure it would have been a little longer, considering, you know, considering who was in the ring, but... 
overall, it was a good match. It was a fun match. I definitely want to see more of these four. Um, women's where it's at. And the NXT World Championship, Nakamura versus Bobby Roode, I'm saying this on record right now. Uh, Bobby Roode is the modern-day Ric Flair. If you take Ric Flair and Ravishing Rick Roode and put them together, you get Bobby Roode. It's just... It's it's there. It is totally there. I'm coining that. You, you can't have it. Nakamura's entrance was absolutely awesome, as always. It is so simple. Just standing on a strobe beam and being pushed down to the ring. Epic. The match was... Well, it was awesome. The crowd was awesome. The psychology was awesome. The end... I'm not sure if I'm angry or I'm okay. Even three weeks later, I'm still debating on it. Mora hurt his knee badly towards the end of the bout, knocks out Rude, but cannot capitalize. Doctors tend to Mora on the outside, but let the match go. Despite a DDT, a half-crab, Mora fights on, getting the crowd really on his side, with typical WWE hamming it on. Rude finishes him with a glorious DDT for a second time, winning the title. As I said, my main problem is not Rude winning. It's the fact, though, that I felt an otherwise great match had to use a Raw SmackDown main roster writing to get him over. Personally, I feel that he should have just legit kayfabe that Murrow was injured and played it off that it was real or the oh, he's hurt. I don't think he can compete, but oh, he's coming back kind of deal. Or just not do the finish. Or just have the ref stop the match causing controversy, blah, blah, blah. My own opinion, really. My thing is, NXT has usually kept away from the WWE style of booking of, oh, he hurt his knee, and, you know, once the knee is injured, it's over. Or the injury is part of the story. And I know they did it with Bailey, and that was a totally different scenario with, you know, Bailey and Sasha, but Bailey ended up getting the win and still put on a, a match, you know, after the fact. I think with the doctors being out there and hamming it up and blah, 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 it kind of spelled the ending out for you. I think once Nakamura got injured, it pretty much told you Nakamura's losing, Bobby Roode is going to win. And despite that they pulled you back in with that crab, and you knew he was faking it, you knew it was kayfabe, you knew he wasn't injured, you still got pulled into it, so great job by Roode by doing that. But you still knew that Rude was going to win. I think they blew the ending four minutes away than it was supposed to be. And I think that kind of ruined it for me. So that was not the match of the night. It was close, but I think for me the ending kind of killed it. As I said, uh, for my money it gets three stars out of five. Not for lack of performance by any means, but perhaps the lack of the women's match and the miffed ending of the main event. Overall, I'm usually saying this about the main show, but I think Rumble this time might have the edge as the better pay-per-view. We'll get to that in a minute. Not that this pay-per-view was bad by any means, I think Rumble is completely stacked, uh, even though it's more of a raw card. With the lineup of the stars they have on the Rumble, it's going to be epic for sure. Well, I have everyone's attention. These are my top three at the time. My top three plus one shocker prediction picks for the Rumble. Finn Balor, The Undertaker, and Sami Zayn. Now, I said this about uh, Sami Zayn. Um, one of the random picks I said was Bobby Roode to win and become NXT champion and the guy going to WrestleMania as a main event. That would have been awesome, but it's not going to happen. But I said this about Sami Zayn. If he's getting punished, why is he getting pushed? So, you, the journalist knows who he is. Who made that comment? You're wrong. 
you are absolutely wrong. So, no. Sorry. Why don't we get into the Royal Rumble? We had two matches on the pre-show. The first one was the club going up against the team of Cesaro and Sheamus because that had to be on the pre-show. New tag team champions going to go club. A fun match, an all right match. It had the two referee deal because the referee got knocked out again. There was another referee. I'm surprised they didn't call shenanigans or knock out the other referee, but it was what it was. New tag team champions go club. And the second one was Sasha Banks going up against Nia Jax. Jax just destroys her. How the mighty have fallen. So, okay. <laughs> Why don't we actually get into the actual show? The women's title, which actually opened up the show, was Charlotte going up against Bailey. A f- decent match. It was a, a, a pretty good match, but all that build up and all that hype, Charlotte wasn't going to lose. Charlotte got the win. No problem with it. Absolutely no problem with it. Um,. You know, Charlotte is the world champion, or was the world champion for a reason. We're on her later. The universal title, I don't get why Braun Strowman was there. Brass knuckles, Reigns still loses. Is Owens legit? I I don't know. The match was alright, just... Again, I forgot that there was even going to be a shark cage involved, and... I'm not even sure it really played a much, as much of a role as it should have been. I know Jericho dropped the knuckles and all that stuff, but the whole Strowman thing, it, to me, it just it decredits it decredits Owens because now he has to win. Whereas he's going to fight Goldberg next week, he's going to have to win on his own or he's got no credibility. He's a horrible Universal Champion. He doesn't win without help. And, you know, you could say, yeah, he beat Sami Zayn, and, you know, he, he that's pretty much it. He beat Sami Zayn. So, I don't know. Not the best champion. Uh, cruiserweight bout. Go Neville. He is the king of the cruiserweights. He defeated Rich Swan. He's now Neville, uh, which I'm totally stealing. The world title bout. The only SmackDown match on the fucking card. And quite literally, it is the only SmackDown match on the card. It's an awesome match. I'm going to give it that. It was an awesome, awesome, awesome match. AJ Styles and John Cena prove why they are the main event. John Cena gets the win. I absolutely hated it. I absolutely hated it. And I know there's people out there saying, you know, the Cena hate is old and you need to stop with the Cena hate and blah, 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 blah. No, I hate him for different reasons. I hate him for the fact that he took time off and it just seems that he was just given a title shot just so he can tie Ric Flair's record because... I have a problem with that. I have a real problem with people just coming back, getting what they want, and then leaving. It's very diva-ish. It's very Hulk Hogan-ish. It's very, you know, that kind of bullshit that went on, and I don't like it. I've never cared for it. Um, I can't say that Cena didn't work for it. I'm not saying that. But I don't think, considering what they did two weeks later, I don't see the point in it just to give him the title, just to tear, just to team him up with Ric Flair as being the two people that held it 16 times, I don't necessarily think that was the way to go. I wasn't happy with it, but it's not, not my point. 
the Royal Rumble. My question was, where's Joe? Where's Balor? Where's Engel? Why the fuck is Roman in it? Orton? Orton? Orton. Okay, so we didn't get Samoa Joe. We didn't get Finn Balor. We didn't even get Kurt Angle. There were really no surprises in this in this whole thing. Uh, my problem... My problem was... I don't see why... It was nice to see Ty Dillinger in it, but he was the only guy from NXT, but I didn't see why you had... Jack Gallagher in it, because he's a cruiserweight, and cruiserweights can't be world champions because they're cruiserweights, but, you know, we're not going to, you know, bury stones here. This was a very formulaic rumble. It absolutely was, because you got all you got some of the people in there, and you started doing stuff, and blah, 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 and everybody was waiting for three people. We were waiting for Brock, we were waiting for Goldberg, we were waiting for Taker, and it almost seemed planned. Like, you don't want to say that it's everything's all kayfabe, but I find it weird that Brock got one number, Goldberg got another number, and Taker got the other number. Really? The three of them at the same time all drew numbers that were that close to each other. Goldberg gets eliminates Brock, Taker eliminates Goldberg, Roman Reigns, who shouldn't have been in the fucking thing in the first place, eliminates Taker, Randy Orton gets the win. So we were all angry that it was going to be Orton versus Cena at WrestleMania. It probably will happen, so just hold on to your horses. I kind of walked out of the Royal Rumble not happy. I I didn't like the results because the results confused me. I didn't understand why Roman Reigns was in it because of all the people that grabbed the numbers, 30 was the only one that wasn't taken. And if it was kayfabe, if he lost the match, why would he need to go into the Rumble? And if... He, well, like, when did he draw the number? Should the numbers have been drawn prior to the show? Or it, To me, it made no kayfabe sense. So... I walked out just not at all happy with it, and, you know, I I didn't care, so, I wasn't too happy with the Royal Rumble um, at all as a whole, I don't think there was any surprises, I don't think there was anything special that happened, Randy Orton got the win, and again, I was still confused because I didn't understand the point, but we'll get into that in just a little bit. We're not going to cover Raw or SmackDown because, you know, things happen. Why don't we get into the next pay-per-view, and that was the Elimination Alright, the Elimination Chamber, which took place live in Phoenix, Arizona, that was last Sunday, and it was quite the show, let me say. The crowd was absolutely into it, uh, with the exception of the dark match. Uh, I don't really care for the dark match, and it was a brand new chamber, it was weird. It took us ten whole minutes to go, there's something different with the chamber, why does it look that way, it's weird. Totally new chamber. Uh, better known as No Escape in Germany, which is just a little barbaric, if you ask me. Uh, when we go over the card, we were there live, and we had pretty good seats until the thing came down. We had Becky Lynch go up against Mickey James in a singles match. One of the longer women's matches of... Actually, no, it's probably one of the... No, it was one of the longer women's matches of the night. Becky Lynch gets the win. I got no problem with it. Mickey James is now 0-2 when it comes to pay-per-views. Welcome back, Mickey James. Kalisto and Apollo Crews go up against Dolph Ziggler in a handicap match. Prior to the match, Ziggler beats the shit out of Kalisto and breaks the LED board. 
Ziggler has a match with Apollo Crews in the ring. Eventually, Callista comes back. Blind tag. Cool spot. Go, go, Power Rangers. The faces get the win. Dolph Ziggler comes back with a steel chair. Pilmanizes Apollo Crews and kills Callisto. And the crowd is saying, thank you, Ziggler. I know. I have it on tape. Wow. Um, I've come to the conclusion that you can't boo Ziggler now. He's at that level where... He's good. The fans are going to like him regardless. You can't boo him. You can't cheer him. You just you just can't. He's never going to get that world title. He's never going to amount to anything in this company. He's just going to be your alternate. He's going to be your good ma- good to great match player. That's all he's going to be. I hate to admit that, but that's all he's going to be. But the crowd ate it up. I'm sorry, Apollo Crews. Tag Team Turmoil. American Alpha defeated everybody. Uh, that's all you need to know. They defeated everybody. Uh, they ended up going against the Usos towards the later half. They beat the Usos, and the Usos beat the shit of them. Here comes the Ascension, and the Ascension still lose. Um, the Ascension are shit at this point, because they can't even beat a beaten up American Alpha. Still American Alpha, proven why they are the tag team champions. As I said, Chad Gable. It was, an, it was an okay tag team turmoil match. I think the writing was on the wall once American Alpha came out and we all figured out that, oh, Ascension's last. Well, we can go home. Nikki Bella and Natalia had one of the th- bigger, thicker storylines of the show, and it goes to a double countout. So this match will continue. Everyone knows I'm not a fan of Nikki Bella, so I don't care. Randy Orton goes up against Luke Harper in perhaps the match of the night. This is one match that I don't think anybody was expecting to be as good as it was. This was an awesome match. Not five-star, but it was pretty good. Flying Alligator and Orton doing the Orton thing and getting the win, and people were cheering him, and they were cheering both of them, and Harper for a little while was playing the role of the heel, I think, and then playing the role of the face. It was weird. The crowd didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether they wanted to cheer, boo, or feel indifferent. But Harper got the loss with an awesome fucking RKO from Orton. He put Harper down. Harper on two occasions, two occasions had this match. Orton kicked out, proving that Orton is sucking on that super juice and is over as fuck. Randy Orton gets the win, and Luke Harper got an applause while the while everything went to black and they did the promo package. So, good stuff for Luke Harper. By the way, James Ellsworth and uh, what's your name? Fuck you. Uh, Naomi went up against Alexa Bliss for the shortest, the second shortest match on the card, only by about 40 seconds. This was botchy. Um, from what I saw, uh, from my vantage point, it was rough to see. It was a little botchy. Naomi's entrance is awesome live. I'm going to say that right now. It's awesome live. Um, very clubbish. Naomi got the win. A little surprised, uh, considering that she missed Alexa's face with the moonsault, she ended up hitting the knee. Uh, the sequence was pretty good, and Alexa, I think, did a pretty good job. Surprised that they killed off Harley Quinn so fucking quick. Uh, I guess they found out that DC doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to movies, and WWE doesn't want any part of that. Uh, I don't blame you. Naomi gets the win, not because she's talented, but because she's from Orlando. Okay. And the Elimination Chamber match. You guys watched it. You guys saw it. It was not the best Elimination Chamber match, but it was a different Elimination Chamber match. I think having the new paneling 
was a nice little touch. Having the lights was a nice little touch. I know people were complaining that WWE was on top. We couldn't see it, so it didn't really bother us. Um, I thought the match was, for what it was, it was pretty good. I think once the eliminations started happening, they happened in quick succession. Uh, Baron Corbin, it was his coming out party, but then he got rolled up one, two, three. Uh, boy. And then he beats a shot of, uh, Dean Ambrose, so that match is going to happen at WrestleMania, I guarantee it. But then Dean Ambrose gets pinned by The Miz, and then The Miz gets dropped, and then it's down to Cena, AJ, and Wyatt. Now, I can tell you right now, the, the crowd was hot. They would, at this point, they would take anybody winning the title that wasn't John Cena. Once Cena got pinned, everyone collectively screamed and cheered, and it was nuts. It was absolute fucking madness. And then it was AJ versus Bray. Bray gets the win. If you saw the video, you heard my reaction. Bray Wyatt got the win and is new, I can't believe I'm saying this, new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. A guy who has been losing and losing and losing and losing and losing and losing is your... WWE Champion. Holy shit. Did not see this coming. I figure AJ or Cena would walk away with it. Did not see that coming. Holy crap. The crowd was electric. The crowd was nuts saying you deserve it and cheering and all that sorts of shit. Holy crap. Absolutely insane. Bray Wyatt is the champion. I was happy with this. Overall thoughts on the pay-per-view? Well, I'm going to say this right now. When I checked in to the pay-per-view... I had to go through the security thing, and they said, no cameras. And I says, excuse me? They says, no cameras. You can't have any cameras here at the event. To which I told the security lady, but it's to take pictures. And they go, no cameras. You cannot have cameras. You, You can't have them. To which my next comment was, but I have a camera phone. Like, my phone has a camera in it. I can take pictures with my phone. But you won't allow cameras. Whatever. So as I went through security, I told everybody that I passed, don't take pictures, don't take pictures, they're going to confiscate them, it's going to be the most boring fucking pay-per-view ever, because we're not going to, we can't take pictures. So, I did what I did, based upon principle, so, if that was WWE's call, fuck you WWE, if that was Talking Stick Resort's call, fuck you Talking Stick, because I thought that was bullshit, that you can't bring in a fucking camera to take pictures, that was stupid. I mean... Absolutely no sense to me whatsoever, but fuck it. Next time I'll just sneak it in through my dick or something. Overall, three out of five stars for this pay-per-view. I had fun considering where I was sitting. Uh, JBL fell on the way down the ramp twice. Uh, Overall, fun pay-per-view. Surprise wins on two of them. And, you know, I've really got no real problems with it. I had fun. And it was a pay-per-view that I didn't think I was going to enjoy. I thought it was a throwaway pay-per-view. And it turned out to be actually something... Something bigger than uh, than it was. And Bray got the win. Holy crap. Absolutely crazy. So why don't we get into the fallout. But first, let's get into Monday Night Raw. So this will be the abridged version of Monday Night Raw. 
And uh, this, it's a bridge for a reason, because I don't want to go through three hours of it. I really don't. So, with that being said, Stephanie McMahon comes down to the ring and, you know, says her thing. Out comes Roman Reigns, who says, you know, I want to fight Braun Strowman. And, you know, I got screwed out of the Rumble, and I got screwed out of... Just, I'm getting screwed. I'm tired of getting screwed. And out come the club, who call him a nerd, and for some reason they're going to have a fight. And they have a fight, but Roman wins by DQ, but the match never really happened, so I don't know if it really happened or not, so... Okay. Bo Dallas says that Ice Cream can suck it, but Kobe Kingston beats him anyway, because the New Day are a walking meme. Fuck him. Jack Gallagher defeats Noam Dar. Braun Strowman has a big epic match with Mark Henry, but defeats him. Sami Zayn defeats Rusev. And as Sami Zayn is walking to the back, he gets killed by Samoa Joe, who, prior to the fucking match, had an interview with Michael Cole and said, I don't give a fuck about the roster, I don't give a fuck about anybody, it took me 18 years to get here, Triple H gave me the door, I kicked it open, I'm Samoa Joe, fuck you. Akira Toizawa defeated Arya Davari, to which Brian Kendrick wants to take him under as his apprentice, don't do it, kayfabe, don't do it. Uh, he's alright. He's a, he's a fun guy, to, you know, to watch in the ring. Cesaro defeats Enzo Amore because backstage they had a little bit of a spattering. Uh, Enzo and Kaz, you know, they have the best win-lose streak ever. Uh, they're like five in a thousand. Uh, and we get the festival... Uh, no, the festival of sadness comes later. The, it's the WWE Women's Championship, Bailey versus Charlotte Flair. Bailey gets the win with a little... Dana Brooke comes back, but then here comes Sasha Banks, who's supposed to be injured, and comes down with a crutch, but sure got down to the ring pretty fucking quick and moved around pretty well for someone who's supposed to be fucking injured. Sasha loses, Bailey's the Women's Champion, and the sad part is I don't care. And I, the reason why I don't care is because Charlotte always loses on Raw, but always wins at the pay-per-view. So I don't necessarily care. And it's not that I don't care about Bailey, and it's not that I don't care about Sasha, and it's not that I don't care about the match. The match was as good as it was going to get. I just, I don't care that Charlotte lost. And I think that's part of the problem, is... It just came. I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but you know that if a title match on Raw for Charlotte is bad, a title match on a pay-per-view for Charlotte is good. So it, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner and, you know, kind of just, you know, I don't know if this is discrediting Charlotte or if this is making her better because she's already won the fucking thing four times, but when she get it, gets it back a fifth time, is it... <sighs> I know they're trying to make her like Ric Flair, but I just, I don't know if it works. And again, it's it's not that I don't care about the women, it's I don't care about the hot potatoing. I'm not, never have I been a fan of it, and, um, you know, I just, I don't care much for it. And, you know, I, to me, I walked out of the match going, Bailey wins, yay. And I shouldn't be like that. I should be like the people that are jumping up and down. But Sasha's beaten Flair three times. And now Bailey's beaten her. Alright, well, who left on the roster is going to beat Charlotte before the song and dance gets over? And that's my own personal opinion about it. Then we get the Festival of Sadness. Jericho being Jericho and Kevin Owens just, you know, being Kevin Owens. And it was... It was stupid. It was funny, but it was stupid. It was going to be. We all knew... It was going to be funny and stupid, and, you know, the heartbreaker of the year 
was Jericho gets a present from KO, and it's the list of KO, and he says, why is my name on the list? To which Kevin Owens beats the dog shit out of Chris Jericho in the segment of the year, quote, unquote. And, um, you know, Jericho is over and done with. Gilberg made a return and got destroyed. And Kevin Owens said, you know, this was supposed to be, you know, we were supposed to go after... Goldberg, that was the whole point of this, what the fuck, and this isn't funny at all, and the artwork, and all this bullshit, and blah, 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 and he destroyed Jericho, and that's that. Now, a lot of people are commenting that prior to the Festival of Friendship, Triple H was talking to Kevin Owens, did that have anything to do with it? It is a possibility, but I don't know. So, that was Raw, it was alright. You know, it was it was okay. You know, for the most part, I had really no no problem with it. Uh, I think the the other than the festival of friendship, I think Sami Zayn saying that he doesn't appreciate so with Joe doing what he does. Oh boy, uh, that was Sami pretty much saying that he was going to die. And that's exactly what happened. Now, there's one other thing that happened on Monday Night Raw, and yes. 17 weeks, Emelina actually showed up on Raw, and she went, You've waited 17 weeks to see me go from Emma to Emelina. And now, you're gonna see the transformation from Emelina... Gemma. Now, at first, I was wondering what the fuck they were doing. And then I come to find out that she wasn't really invested in the character to begin with. She didn't want to be invested in the character to begin with. She doesn't want anything to do with this at all. So... What? If this was just to troll the fans, then job well done. If it wasn't, If that wasn't the plan, shame on you, WWE. Seriously. Shame on you. Everything else pretty much felt a little bit irrelevant. I don't really see where the WrestleMania build is going, if there's going to be a build, but we're going to get to that in just a little bit. Real quick, we're going to get into, and this is usually Alex's job, but I'm going to do it real quick on my end. We're going to get into Tuesday Night SmackDown. I will sit right here and bide my time. So the show opens up with Bray Wyatt doing his WWE dress, saying, Open your ears and I'll sing you a melody. Open your eyes and I will show you beauty. Walk with me and I'll bring you into paradise. I literally hold the damn world in my hands. Stand in front of me and you will burn to the ground. Awesome promo by Bray Wyatt crowd was definitely into it, saying you deserve it. Everyone is completely behind Bray Wyatt at this point. There is going to be a match later on in the evening, as it was Daniel Bryan who said, yep, we're going to have a match, because John Cena said, you know what, it's going to happen, because Cena wants what Cena gets. Okay. More on that later. American Alpha goes up the Ascension. The Ascension just looked like Total Beast, but guess what? They lose anyway. Uh, <laughs> whatever. American Alpha, they pretty much beat everybody in tag team turmoil, so they are still the tag team champions. Uh, the Usos cut a promo ins- insinuating that American Alpha is afraid of them, uh, but, you know, they can't be afraid of them because they got beat 
you know, at Elimination Chamber. Baron Corbin attacked Dean Ambrose because they were supposed to have a match. I believe they were supposed to have a match, but... No, James Ellsworth was supposed to have a match with Dean Ambrose, but Baron Corbin beat the shit out of Dean Ambrose, and, you know, it things happen. So, Ellsworth is 1-0, or 3-4-0 or, or something? Whatever. Mickey Lynch has another match with Mickey James, and this is live on SmackDown, so it's the repeat of what ended up happening. Mickey James was able to get the win this time, catching her with a kick to the head, scoring the pinfall off of uh, deception. Off of deception, she was complaining that you know she couldn't see or no her shoulder. She feigned a shoulder injury, kick to the head. One, two, three. James gets the win, so this rivalry will continue. Ah. Uh, Alexa Bliss comes down to the ring, and no, Naomi comes down to the ring. She says, I am the new champion, and states her address. I'll defend it whenever I can. Alexa Bliss comes out and says, no, I want that fucking title. Your knee can go fuck itself. Um, It's going to happen. This is far from over. We then get John Cena versus AJ Styles versus Bray Wyatt in uh, in the main event of the match. So we get the triple threat match, and it's John Cena, AJ Styles, and Bray Wyatt, like I said. It was an alright, you know, match. Uh, You know, when the lights came back on, Luke Harper appeared and attacked Bray Wyatt. Once Wyatt recovered, he had to defend his championship title. Uh, AJ Styles came down in the ring, and then Cena came out, you know, all sorts of stuff, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Styles clashed with the one that knocked out John Cena. A frustrated Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, but Cena shoved him from the ropes. Wyatt seized the opportunity, grabbed a hold of Cena, and hit Sister Abigail, and successfully retained his championship. Surprised that Cena's the one that took the loss. Surprised that they both put him over. Usually when they give away title matches like this, um, you know... But again, they gave away the, a title, the WrestleMania title match last week, so I guess they're not really giving away the title match all this week, so apparently they know what the fuck they're doing. So Randy Orton comes down to the ring, and he pledges his allegiance to Bray Wyatt, and says, as long as you are the master and I am the servant, I will not wrestle you at WrestleMania. So the weird thing is, and I'm going to say this right now, I don't fucking trust Randy Orton at all. I see it coming. It's going to be an RKO out of nowhere. This match is going to happen at WrestleMania, or it's going to be a fatal four-way to which the remaining two will be Orton and Wyatt. And at the very last second, Orton's going to hit an RKO. One, two, three. I am the world champion that was playing you, Bray Wyatt. Blah, blah, blah. SmackDown, much better than Monday Night Raw. So, real quick, why don't we get into my thoughts and predictions as to how they might be booking WrestleMania. Well... These are just some thoughts and ideas going into it. So this could probably change, and it probably will. Well, we all know Seth Rollins is eventually coming back, and he's probably going to go after Triple H. So that match will more than likely probably happen. Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn will probably be the way they go. The only other match that Samoa Joe could have would be against Seth Rollins, but I, I don't know. I think it's they're going to base. I think it's going to be Zayn versus oh Zayn versus Joe at WrestleMania, and it'll be Seth Rollins versus Triple H at WrestleMania. The Universal Title. I'm going to say it right now. It's going to be Balor versus Owens, where Balor gets the title back, and they build a program with that. As far as the United States Championship goes, I have no fucking idea. It is very well a possibility that they're going to. 
scrap the United States Championship where Jericho has to possibly either not defend the title or he'll have to forfeit the title because he's injured or some shit and they'll have a Money in the Bank ladder match and it's going to be not a Money in the Bank but it'll be a United States Championship match like they did at WrestleMania 31 for the Intercontinental title and who will win that one? Someone deserving, I'm sure, will <laughs> will probably get the United States Championship. Who will that be? On the Raw side? Um, I'm not sure. To be 100% honest, uh, more on that later. But I think that's the route they're going to go. Jericho will either have to put his title on the line, or he won't be defending, or the title won't be defended at all. Uh, we'll go from there. Enzo and Kaz going up against the club for the tag team titles, and they're going to win them there at Mania. That's just a given. Goldberg will face Lesnar at WrestleMania. That's going to be a given. We're going to have, probably on the SmackDown side, maybe Naomi versus Alexa Bliss, even though reports say it's not going to happen. For the Women's Championship, it'll happen. Charlotte versus Bailey. Sasha, no, not Sasha versus Bailey. Charlotte versus Bailey for the Women's Championship. That'll happen at WrestleMania. Absolutely guaranteed for sure. Uh, I don't know what title matches do we have. American Alpha will more than likely fight the Usos at WrestleMania because they're already building towards it, so that'll happen. You're probably more than likely going to have The Undertaker face Roman Reigns. I don't know how they're going to build that program. I just don't see it. I know they hinted at it at at the Royal Rumble, but they haven't touched. They haven't. Neither one of them have said anything about each other on either show, so I don't know what Taker is going to do at WrestleMania other than fight Roman Reigns, but I don't understand why. Everyone's asking about Braun Strowman. That's easy. He's going to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Baron Corbin will face off against Dean Ambrose and win the Intercontinental Championship. Shaq will defeat the Big Show. Which makes me wonder if Big Show was already fighting Shaq at WrestleMania. Why was he in the Royal Rumble? Kane won't make an well. He'll make an appearance at the at the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So maybe it'll be Kane and Strowman. Maybe it'll be Kane that wins the Andre the Giant Battle Royal as his final you know as his final match because there's not much time left for the Big Red Machine. It'll either be Kane or Strowman. And the main event, probably the main event of WrestleMania, will be for the WWE World Championship. Now, I predict it was going to be, and this is my opinion, I predict it was going to be Cena, AJ, Wyatt, and Orton. And the only reason why Orton is involved is because he wants to make sure that Bray Wyatt gets the win. I'm sure these four will put on an awesome match, an awesome, awesome, awesome match, and then Orton will hit Bray Wyatt with the RKO, one, two, three, and that's the end of that. Uh, I th- and that'll just prove that, no, I was fucking with you the entire time because I had all this premeditated and planned out you know, months in advance because I'm just that fucking good. If that's not the case, and it's absolutely true that Cena and Nikki are going to face Miz and Maurice, the couples battle the couples. It's couples night at WrestleMania. If that's the case and that's what they're going to do, then it'll be a triple threat because AJ Styles has got to be somewhere on that fucking card. He'll face Bray Wyatt with Randy Orton, and Randy Orton will still win the fucking title because I think that's the route they're going to go. That is going to be your quick build WrestleMania card. I might be wrong, but let's see if WWE can prove me wrong. I am Dan. I'm going to get the hell out of here. Those of you that are enjoying President's Day weekend, have an awesome, happy President's Day weekend. Beyond that, is hopefully back in full swing so long as I don't get sick or, you know, laryngitis or stuck to a bed or some other kind of crap. Hopefully everything is fine. Hopefully everyone has, I'm rambling over here. Hopefully you guys enjoy 
weekend. We'll see you all next week. Good night, everyone.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.